Welcome to Hindu Lounge Conversations Over Coffee. Join hosts Ajay Shah and Uso Chakrabarti as they talk to fascinating guests. Hindu Lounge Conversations Over Coffee is brought to you by Hindu Policy Research and Advocacy Collective, Hindu Pact, an initiative of World Hindu Council of America. Now, sit back, relax, take a sip of coffee or chai and join the conversation. Namaste everybody and uh, welcome to Hindu Lounge Conversations Over Coffee. And this Sunday, we have somebody really, really special. Uh, we have Advocate Vishnu Shankar Jain, Supreme Court lawyer, and one of the appellants in the Gyanwapi Temple case, and a spokesperson for the Hindu Front for Justice. Advocate Vishnu Shankar Jain started his practice with the Sri Ramja Janmabhumi case in Ayodhya, as you all know. We know, we know now what the outcome of that case is. He challenged the 2010 verdict of the Allahabad High Court in 2011. He assisted his father, Hari Shankar Jain, in this case. In 2016, he passed the exam of the advocate on record of Supreme Court and registered his first appearance in the Supreme Court in the Sri Ram Janmabhumi case in Ayodhya in 2016 itself. Vishnu Shankarji now is probably one of the most sought-after person for TV appearances at this time. He just shared with us that he barely gets two to three hours of sleep. His time is very valuable. So without much ado, I will jump right into our discussion. And Vishnu Shankarji, if there is any question or point that I bring up that you feel is inappropriate to respond to or may affect any legal matter, subjudice or otherwise, then please feel free to not answer. So here we go. The first question. What did you see growing up, Vishnu Shankarji, in a family that was at the forefront of India's civilizational reawakening? What were your struggles and what were your inspirations? See, I, first of all, a very, very uh, good morning because morning here and Namaskar to all of you and good evening to all of you. And uh, my regards and my pleasure and honor that you have invited me on such a important, valuable and uh, honorable platform. I'm so honored to be here. And uh, uh, coming to the point and answering your question, see, I'm, uh, I just believe that uh, I feel that God has chosen me and my father to do service to the Sanatan civilization for restoration of the Sanatan civilization and probably we, probably when I was born in this family of Mr. Harishankar Jain, it is the environment in my family from the childhood times that uh, it took me no time because I was born in 1986 and I remember very nicely in 1992 when I was six years old the Ramjan Bhumi Andolan was at its peak and uh, I was uh, chanting the slogans that Bacha Bacha Ram Ka Jan Bhumi Ke Kaam Ka Sogand Ram Ki Khate Hai Mandir Vahi Banai So these were the slogans with which I was born and I was involved in this So actually all these things have started and all these things have begun by seeing my father He, he has been my role model He has been my hero 
ही हैज बीन माई सोर्स ऑफ इंस्परेशन एंड इट सो हैपन दैट माई फादर हैड स्टार्टेड हिज लीगल प्रैक्टिस इन नाइनटीन सेवेंटी सिक्स फ्रॉम अ वेरी वेरी स्मॉल कोर्ट ऑफ लखनऊ ऑफ यूपी थ्री ईयर्स ही बिकेम द बिगेस्ट क्रिमिनल लॉयर ऑफ दैट एरिया एंड देन स्लोली ही शिफ्टेड माइग्रेटेड हिज प्रैक्टिस टू लखनऊ वी आर एक्चुअली फ्रॉम इलाहाबाद वी हैव अ वेरी एंशियंट जैन टेम्पल इन इलाहाबाद ऑफ टू हंड्रेड ईयर्स ओल्ड a very very historical jain temple of ilawa that zero road but since my grandfather uh, was not comfortable in staying in ilawa since he was a judicial officer he was in service so a common place was decided to that between my father and my grandfather that he'll start practicing from lucknow so the moment he shifted to lucknow he did his commercial practice because as you all know that for lawyers the first aim is to have good commercial practice and have good money and income and savings and everything and so so on and so forth but suddenly it so happened uh, that in 1986 and somewhere around 1989 when ram mandir andolan was at its peak uh, he felt that he should contribute in the matter my grandfather was having a secular ideology he was not having any ideology or any kind of uh, intention to be he did not want my father to be involved in the ram mandir issue or the ram mandir case and at that point of time the press media was not that prominent in like in comparison to today's era so my grandmother my grandmother was a, a pure hinduvadi and nationalist and uh, she is and she was my father's inspiration to and she inspired my father that uh, because at that point of time there was a very crucial decision which he had to make it is not like an atmosphere which is of today in 1989 if he chooses if he, if my father chooses this path then there is no looking back only you will have a lot of sufferings and hardships uh, was the concept for road ahead because uh, once you start doing these matters your commercial practice goes down people tag you as an activist then uh, people uh, say that okay he is involved only in that case then uh, you suffer uh, monetarily you suffer uh, socially you have to fight against a notion you have to fight against a perception and these are the things and many struggles are there like this but anyways in 1989 he asked uh, the file of ramjan bhumi case from some of the fellow muslim lawyers and said that please give me the case because i want to study and go through it i don't know what happened uh, the uh, the muslim lawyers mr jilani and everyone thought that uh, he is a fabulous lawyer of ilahabad high court and lucknow bench so he can come to our side that's why he is interested and he is asking for the file but after going through the file when this uh, offer came that you start appearing for us and be our lawyer for the rest of your life he rejected that offer and he filed his first written statement in ramjan bhumi case in 1989 that was the first written statement by the hindus in the case till 1989 gopal singh visharat filed his uh, filed the case in 1950 the hindu mahasabha was defendant number 13 in the case Until 1989, there was no written statement by any Hindu side in the matter. So in 1989, the matter travelled to the High Court because seeing the importance of the matter, 
the honorable high court took the matter to itself said that we will try this matter otherwise it was pending in the lowest court of the country civil just senior division and of faizabad and from faizabad it was transferred to lucknow so it was at that point of time he filed his ws and the ws was beautiful which was read till the supreme court and it was a very clear ws with a very clear thinking that this entire area belongs to the deity that this entire area belongs to lord ram that this uh, property was demolished and trampled upon by uh, babar and so on and so forth so the point is that what i'm trying to tell you is that in 1989 he took a conscious decision conscious decision of conscious decision of leaving all his ambitions of becoming something in life leaving all his ambitions of uh, the worldly pleasures of life leaving all his ambitions of a lawyer which uh, everyone thinks is the biggest lawyer of the country which everyone has a concept that all right he'll have a big car he'll have a big house he'll have a lot of money and he'll be very all those all those perceptions he left behind and he chose that he has to serve lord ram and he had this uh, inner conscious that he should be in the matter he should appear in the matter he should work for the cause then it so happened that uh, we had a very tough time till 2018 till 2018 to establish ourselves to settle ourselves to make our both ends meet to fight for the cause because uh, because my father never comp- compromised with his virtues and so did i i we never compromised with our virtues we are not uh, from a very affluent uh, family but we are not from a very uh, lower middle class family also we are just a normal simple common middle class family of this country and whatever he used to earn somehow we used to manage ourselves so this was a very big struggle face and that struggle i had to face in 2010 and in 2005 when i joined law and in various spheres of life so i think yeah then in 1992 uh, when uh, babri masjid was uh, demolished on 6 december 1992 on the same day my grandpa grandmother expired and after 13 days my father filed a petition saying that uh, this uh, uh, everyone has a fundamental right to worship lord ram and the worship cannot be stopped because we were continuously worshiping in the premises in question and after demolition our right was extinguished and the worship stopped he filed a petition in the allahabad high court for 10 days he argued all alone himself with a and then ultimately on 1st uh, 1st january 1993 he won the case and the order came of honorable mr justice tilhari ravinath harinath tilhari who said that yes lord ram is a constitutional deity constitutional entity and to and to worship him is a fundamental right and the darshan started it is a very crucial juncture in the history of ram mandir case because if we were not in possession from that point of time the judgment which you are seeing today because of many practical and other reasons wouldn't have happened it was our right which was continuing at that property in question which had a break of uh, some 10 to 15 days was taken out and after that the uh, act of parliament came of mr vp singh and so on and so forth and the status quo of hindus worshiping in the property in question continued so yes definitely my father was my role model 
from my childhood i kept seeing him i kept seeing his commitment i kept seeing his uh, teachings which he used to tell me that vishnu money is not important vishnu nothing else is important we have to fight and honestly i'm telling you and and he and he told me with lot of conviction that uh, he told me that you should learn from muslims he told me that see how babar fought for his cause see how orange fought for his cause see how these moguls fought for fought for their cause he taught me the entire mogul history he taught me the entire history pre mogul era we had uh, he was my he is my guru he is uh, my guru in law he is my guru in history he is my guru in entire life and he taught me all these things and ultimately uh, gave me a path that this is your path you, your path is that you have to get our hindu culture restored you have to get our sanatan dharm restored and whatever is the hardship which the society faces we will stand for that so with that perception with that conviction i kept seeing him from a very early age of my life and uh, when finally i decided that yes i'll do law i had no confusion in my mind and then i passed out my law and i my first case in my life was ram mandir case in 2010 and when i became the advocate on record of the supreme court case and i came to supreme court also because of him because in 2002 he tried to come to the supreme court but because of lot of financial issues uh, he couldn't sustain here for more than one year and he had to go back and uh, then i decided that this is a thing which my father couldn't do so i thought that uh, when i pass law so i will practice in the supreme court i'll become the advocate on record of the supreme court i'll bring him here from lucknow i'll migrate him here and i'll settle him with myself and i'll see to it that uh, he he gets what uh, he couldn't do at some point of time in his life so yeah this is the thing that's that's so inspiring that's so inspiring vishnu ji but speaking of history and aurangzeb uh, In 1669, Aurangzeb orders the destruction of what we are discussing today, which is the Gyanwapi Temple Complex, and he ordered a mosque to be built in that place. Now, this is very, very well recorded. You know, there there is a, there is a, a document called Mathire Alamgiri, which was written during Aurangzeb's time. It's a chronicle of his times, and it clearly records why he did it. uh where he it mentions irreligious and disbelievers as the two watchwords to, to describe the people whom he is destroying and targeting why is it that despite having all this evidence despite aurangzeb's own chroniclers writing what is written there why is there so much confusion so much lack of knowledge there is uh, you know why do you have to make so much effort to get even a, a survey done tell us more about it see uh, there is a very uh, if you would have analyzed the kargil war at the time of kargil war when the enemy was uh, in illegal possession of our motherland the damage was 10 to 1 because our uh, jawans were coming from beneath and 10 of our jawan will die and the ratio was that we will damage only one jawan of the pakistani army or the or the uh, jihadis so something like that has only happened here we were uh, in possession of that property after aurangzeb demolishing our temple and he just not he did not just demolish our temple we have to understand this it's not just a fight for restoration of idol 
it is not just a fight for restoration of some temple it is not just a fight for uh, our pride or our prestige no it's a fight for restoration of a belief it's a fight for restoration of our belief because if someone will see the history of kashi how much important kashi is to the hindus it is like unimaginable and i just wanted to quote something and then tell you on the point that why it is so difficult and see the all the historians have written what our shastra say iskan puran chapter number 6 page number 58 verse number 71 Iskand Puran chapter number seven page number two fifty verse number one thirty one. What does it say? I'll just read this. I'll translate it in English. The Avimukt area is in circle of five posts. At this place there is Visheshwar Shivling, which is Jyotirling. At this place there is Visheshwar Shivling, which is Jyotirling. Then the first I told you Iskand Puran chapter number six page number fifty eight verse number seventy one. All other four taken. places are procured through kashi nirvana which means the to get rid from the cycle of death and birth is achieved only after getting kashi the benefit of nirvana is not achieved by any other means even by residing in any other religious place so kashi it's a very different case from ram mandir's case because if you analyze ram mandir's case there was a lacuna in the history history historical books that uh, the chronicles of babar Babar Nama, which we say, had two pages missing in beverage beverages original translation from Babar Nama from Persian to English, where Babar travelled to Ayodhya and those two pages at that point of time, what he did in Ayodhya when he was near Sariu River are missing. But here, as you rightly pointed out, Majlisse Alamgiri has a direct proof that yes, Aurangzeb himself records that he has demolished temple at. Kashi, and it is recorded at page 95-96 of Majlis-e Alamgiri. The original Farman is in Asiatic Library of Kolkata, and this history which we are taught, let me tell you, this history which we are taught has gained judicial stamp. This history which we are taught that Aurangzeb demolished a temple at Kashi has gained judicial stamp, not just today. it has gained judicial stamp in 1936 civil suit number 62 of 1936 in the mohammed case it has gained stamp in 1942 in the judgment of the ilahabad high court upholding the judgment of deen mohammed it has gained stamp in 1997 4scc page 606 which is a judgment of adi visheshwar versus union of india where the kashi vishnath act of 1983 was ultimately challenged rajiv dhawan was also was also arguing in that case so this history that aurangzeb has demolished the hindu temple has gained a stamp judicial stamp and it is a admitted position and let me tell you in this case uh, we don't have to prove that a temple was demolished a temple was demolished by aurangzeb is already proved now the question is the your, your your question is very important and pertinent now why this trouble when everyone knows that he demolished it the problem is that uh, we have a faith and belief that if we have to achieve nirvana it is only through kashi and if you will see the history of kashi in 1992 kutubuddin aibak demolished that temple then it was restored by some uh, raja then again it was demolished then it was restored by some raja then this thing happened but why it is so difficult is because the muslims are in illegal possession 
of our property and now they are in the advantageous position so therefore the damages of time therefore the damages of of loss of opportunity therefore the damages that we have to wait for a really long time to get a verdict in our favor because this uh, judicial process is a little lengthy judicial process here in india uh, and this uh, suits are of cpc so definitely i'll come to the uh, solution part of it but just telling you an answer to your question is this that yes this time is being taken because what aurangzeb did in 1669 if you'll see the history the hindus did not leave their claim over the property if you'll read the judgment of din muhammad it it notes that how much struggle how much bloodshed our ancestors our forefathers have take uh, how much things have happened by our forefathers for this property for this piece of land and it is not just a piece of land that's what i was trying to tell you this is the center of our faith this is the center of civilization this is the center of lord shiva this is the center of nirvana because if you see all these purans and shastra lord shiva himself has made kashi and all those five course of area five course ka jo area hai that is avimukt kshetra whoever will uh, get uh, death there will uh, reach uh, will be rid of will get nirvana will be rid of the cycle of death and birth therefore therefore when this uh, invaders came to this country their first aim was and if you see the tactics of war also the first aim if you have to win any war is to defeat the king or to kill the king so that the army gets scattered so the first aim was to destroy our centers of faith so that everyone knows that we are under an islamic rule and therefore with this purpose this center of faith the very first center of faith the very first center of faith was demolished and now it was demolished we were there in the possession of the property partially slowly slowly there was interference by many uh, islamic leaders of this country and ultimately we were thrown out of the property now the barricading is done and whatever was the status quo in 1936 is not the status quo as of now so the so the point is this that we are in a disadvantageous position position because we have lost our possession this is the biggest problem and to because i'll i'll actually tell you after analyzing the entire case that muslims have no case at all what is their theory if you will ask them who demolished uh, how did you get into this property they have no clue they have no answer who made this mosque some some of them will say akbar made it some of them will say that this was just a uh, idga some of them will say that uh, orange made made it so they have no clear cut theory lot of questions are asked from us that what is our claim and i have uh, you have you would have seen that i have narrated it so long, so so much in detail that how our theory and how our case flows but till this very day what case muslims have no one knows because the point is this that you cannot say that orange built a mosque because beneath it are all the structures of hindu temple whether this mosque was dedicated whether this mosque was a waqf whether this mosque 
was uh, because for uh, for being a valid mosque it's very important to be a work property and to be to have a work property you need a clean piece of land you can't build it over a, it's a very settled principle legal principle you can't build it over remains of some uh, some temple or after demolishing a temple so therefore to these questions they have no answer at all and therefore what uh, what is the theory that we are offering namaz there from time immemorial what time immemorial is that also we don't know for our for us time immemorial is lakhs of years ago for them time immemorial is 300 400 years ago so so only claim is ki hum yahan pe namaz padh rahe we are offering namaz there ye bas that's it and therefore the possession of the property and ultimately uh, we were in the islamic rule we lost our possession and now this legal battle is going on to remove this encroachment and to get back in possession which is a little time taking process and for which we have solutions and in uh, times to come we will see that how this legal battle is taken to a logical conclusion and it is decided at the earliest so uh, mr shankar ji what do you think that uh, oh god so i'll i finish my i'll i'll transfer it to you after this Uh, so so the thing is uh, it's a very good point you mentioned uh, vishnu ji you know the problem is that it's not just a muslim position that is a problem uh, creating problem in this situation it's also a position taken by many secularists in india who are of hindu background and i have seen excuses of all sorts like some people even went on to say that this was not because he disliked hindus or wanted to show a disdain for a hindu temple this was because he was taking revenge for the rise of shivaji i have seen that excuse also uh, being put up, put forward mm-hmm. you know there are excuse of that uh, you know he was he was taking revenge for uh, some jats doing successful mm-hmm. uprising in in uh, mm-hmm. in some other part in punjab and haryana area and, and so all sorts of excuses are given and it is really sad because you know these are hindus who are giving these excuses so what has been your response to such situations have you been challenged by these kinds of people and and how have you dealt with it see i uh, as a ardent student of history as well as law i think our research and uh, the reading which we have done is a sufficient uh, answer to all these questions and if i'll read here the farman and if you allow me to read here the farman i think it will answer the question as to who uh, like what uh, narratives false narratives these seculars are trying to build this farman of 18th april 1669 is recorded in history of india it's there in history of india book and uh, this uh, history of india book is written by h m eliot and john dawson and they have translated it and this farman is original farman is there in the asiatic library as i told you so this shivaji theory i'll just uh, narrate it it's completely wrong because the farman says something completely different what does the farman say uh, 18th april 1669 it reached the ear of his majesty the protector of the faith that in the province of tata multan and banaras but especially in the latter foolish brahmins were in the habit of expounding frivolous books in their schools and that the students and learners muslims as well as hindus went there even from long distances led by a desire to become acquainted with the wicked sciences they taught the director of the faith consequently issued orders to all the governors of the province to infidels and they were strictly enjoined to put an end uh, put an entire stop to the teaching and practicing of idolatrous forms of worship 
on 15th w lakhar that is on 2nd uh, september 1669 it was reported to the religious majesty leader of the unitarians that in obedience to the order the government officer has destroyed the temple of bishwanath at banaras so i think uh, all these historians and all these left liberals and all these so called seculars and pseudo seculars Uh, they are very well read so i think uh, we should uh, keep reading this farman to them and we should ask them that whether this you have a different farman where he or you have a different life story of forensic because uh, once i was there in a news channel and uh, one of the fellow panelists were saying that uh, we have read a history that orange built temples so i said i'm sorry i'm sorry because i have read a history where orange destroyed temples i have read a history where orange put jazi on us i have read a history where orange uh, burnt our genius so it's it's the perception of history if you have uh, read a particular uh, history then it's good for you then you should come in the court you should contest and you should prove it on affidavit that orange was the most secular leader and the best leader of this country best ruler of this country but uh, but we are going to the court and all these things what i have told you right now is already recorded very beautiful passage from 1997 4scc and you must also ask these questions to all these uh, people who raise these questions supreme court has said it's not just vishnu shankar jain saying that aurangzeb has demolished a temple the supreme court in 1997 4scc page 606 justice ramaswamy's judgment is very clear on the point he said categorically that aurangzeb demolished the temple and what kashi is to the hindus is also recorded and if you have some time i i just want to read wish to share with you this very important passage which i think clarifies all these doubts that what importance kashi has and what and how kashi was demolished supreme court has recorded and actually what happened there was a special act of the up government kashi vishnath act which said that the original jyotirling is this not the jyotirling where we are not the uh, place where we are worshiping right now because this is a sanketik jyotirling the original jyotirling is uh, in this old temple complex section 4 sub clause 9 of the up act of 1983 defined the temple very clearly and vested the entire land in adi visheshwar deity of up act and that act was found by not by bjp or rss that act was passed by the uh, by the congress government shripati mishra was the chief minister followed by nd tiwari so they gave us they gave this knowledge to the world that was where you are worshiping is the temple made by rani ahilya bai holkar and the original temple is this only and they uh, vested the entire land in adi visheshwar jyotirling which is swayambhu now just see when this act uh, was challenged ultimately uh, in the supreme court in para one of the supreme court judgment very beautifully this entire incident is recorded and i think this is the answer to all the secularist all the pseudo seculars of this country who have any doubt who have any doubt any iota of doubt that who demolished it what happened what is kashi for us whether it is fight for just a temple whether it is fight just for some uh, kind of political intentions so let us see 
I'll just read this and please permit me. I know it may be a little bit boring for you, but uh, this is very important. No, it's very fascinating. Uh, it's not boring. It's very no, good. No, okay, please, okay. please continue. Please but continue. I'll I'll try I'll try to make it very simple so that it is not that legal. It is very simple. What Supreme Court said, para one three judges judgment of the Supreme Court. Justice Rama Swami is the author of the judgment. What does he write? These five appeals by special leave arises from division and judgment of the Allahabad High Court made on twentieth of uh, October nineteen eighty six in CM Redpetition number so and so. The primary question is as to the constitutionality of the UP Shri Kashi Vishnu Temple Act nineteen eighty three made for the management of the temple and renowned Lord Vishwanath, otherwise known as Sri Adi Visheshwar by Kashi. By and large, now see, by and large, every Hindu believes. That without a visit to Kashi for a bath in River Ganges, in River Ganges, and prayer offered to Lord Shiva, life is incomplete and meaningless. And every endeavor is to made every endeavor is made to visit Kashi at least once in life. The idol of Lord, this is all the para one of the judgment, and I am only reading para one of the judgment. The idol of Lord Shiva at Varanasi on the bank of holy River Ganges is one of the five jyotirlings in India. Believed to be the, believed to be the self incarnated Swambu, other four are Rameshwaram in Tamil Nadu, Sri Shailam in banks of River Krishna in Andhra Pradesh, Dwarka uh, Dwarka State, Omkareshwar in Madhya Pradesh on the bank of River Narmada. Are believed to be the Jyotirlings according to Hindu mythology. Hindu believe that Lord Brahma is the creator, Lord Vishnu is the protector, Lord Shiva is the destroyer of evils and wicked. Lord Shiva is the common man's god and is believed that he is the easily accessible by fervent prayers and fulfills the prayers and uh, uh, he is easily accessible accessible by fervent prayers and fulfills the prayers of devotees. Though there are several stories on self incarnation of Linga idol at Varanasi, the fact remains that it is very ancient. For the last one thousand years, Lord Vishnu Vishweshwar has been pre-eminent Shiva Linga idol at Kashi, the supreme principal deity. According to mythology literature, Lord Avimukteshwara, never forsaken, appears to be the supreme deity in Kashi since the Gupta ages, that is, fourth century A.D. till twelfth century A.D. Pandit Lakshmi Dhar of twelfth century in uh, its uh, in his puranic mahatma and tirth vivechana khand and dandini the great sanskrit scholar 6th century in his daksh karamcharita refers to this aspect of the matter mitra mishra in his book tirth prakash has also stated that lord visheshwar and lord avimukta uh, lord avimukteshwara appear to be separately separately located as is spoken in the linga linga purana quoted by lakshmi dhara <coughs> The ancient name of Kashi appears to be Avimukta. The link of Lord Visheshwar appears to have been located to the north of the sacred well, Janavapi, while encircling the temple of Avimukteshwara, the shrines of Dandapani, Taraka, and Mahakala, all of which are also erected near the Janavapi and Lord Visheshwara temple. According to Puranic Mahatma and Kashi Khand of Skan Puran, the Jyotirling was established by Lord Shiva himself. And when he went to exile to Mount Mandara during the reign of legendary King Deodasa, since Lord Shiva himself disguised the linga, according to Mahatma, Lord Shiva never really left this sacrosanct and sacred temple. Hence, it becomes Avimukta, never forsaken. This was also stated in Vachaspati Mishra in his famous Puranic work. 
तीर्थ चिंतमणी इन 1460 वेयर इन ही हैड स्टेटेड दैट विश्वेश्वरा एंड अभिमुक्तेश्वरा वर मियरली टू नेम्स फॉर द सेम ज्योतिर्लिंग नारायण भट्ट हैज सिमिलरली मेंशनड इट टू बी सो इन द 16th सेंचुरी इन हिज वर्क तीर्थ सेतु अकॉर्डिंग टू दिस लिटरेचर थर्ड In to 14th century AD and especially in 1325 AD, the temple called Padmeshwara was existing as per Kashi ka itihas. Page 190 written by Moti Chandra. As stated earlier, in due course, Jyotirlinga in the name of Lord Visheshwara gained popularity, and Abhimukteshwara Linga was installed in the corner of the temple. Every Hindu believes that Lord Shiva is worshipped by common man and Paras for the belief. and paras for that belief linga of lord visheshwara became famous in the nausi in the year 1109 so this was the history of kashi mentioned by the supreme court in this judgment and see further in 1993 in sorry 1193 i'm so sorry in the year 1193 ad when one of the lieutenants of mohammad gauri named kutubuddin aibak completely destroyed lord shiva's temple the priest mahant Concealed the idol of Lord Vishesh, uh, Lord Vishnuat, from being defiled and destroyed. The temple construction was undertaken in a big way in nineteen in fifteen eighty five by Raja Todormal, the finance minister of Akbar the Great, the Mughal emperor who was the uh, governor of Jaunpur. The temple was constructed accordingly on a large scale consisting of central centaurum garbhri surrounded by eight mandaps on pavilions. And this thing is also corroborated by the map of James Prism. we was mentioned that this is a eight mandap temple the temple was constructed accordingly on a large scale consisting of uh, garbhre and surrounded by eight mandaps on or pavilions aurangzeb again destroyed the temple of lord shiva in 1669 ad when again the priest mahant removed the idol of lord shiva so as to prevent it from being defiled and destroyed there after it was again restored in the year 1777 ad by rani ahilyabai holkar of mp who had built the present temple and had installed the present deity maharaja ranjit singh in 1859 had got it renovated covering the dome with gold plates weighing 22 tons of gold so my dear sir this is not a history or itihas of kashi said by vishnu shankar jain or hari shankar sir this sir, is recorded in the judgment of the supreme court sir, so i i do not care what left liberal say i am bothered about the because they also believe in the judgment of the supreme court for them uh, the uh, lecture given by the supreme court in ram mandir case on secularism is very sacrosanct so if they believe in the judgment of the supreme court they should also believe in this para and this uh, area of law so, so vishnu shankar ji uh, what do you say to people settle this historical uh, position so vishnu shankar ji what do you say to people who bring up the 1991 uh, places of worship act and say that this is because this 1991 worship pact uh, no other uh, mandirs can be uh, claimed by hindus see places of worship act uh, is the uh, most uh, i think uh, what can i say places of worship act is the most uh, misread provision of law in this country and as i told you that they have no defense apart from saying that uh, we just uh, do offer namaz there and who built it when was it built no questions no answers are there in the same way when this litigation starts they know that if the litigation starts what will be the consequence what will be the consequence of this civil suit and how strong is our case so what is the what is the you you should try to understand what is the strategy 
what they are trying to portray the strategy is that they will say what is the end of places of worship act if you will see section 4 the end of places of worship act is that you cannot go to the court the doors of court room are closed for you that's the end of section 4 sub clause 2 that there will be no litigation so far as any restoration is concerned that is their interpretation i am going governed i am getting governed by their interpretation as of now that all the doors of court room are closed for you you cannot go to the court you cannot sue you cannot restore the position of 15th august 1947 this is their interpretation so the case which we have filed in the civil court of varanasi does not stand and it should be nipped in the bud and precisely this was the argument of mr uzaifa amadi in the supreme court that this all these kind of suits should be nipped in the bud and because there will be many more lawsuits like this in the country so the point is this the first answer to this is this or this theory is this that first of all Places of Worship Act is the most unconstitutional law of this country. Judicial remedy and judicial review is the fundamental right of the citizen, and it's the basic structure of the Constitution. And this proposition of law has been categorically narrated in L. Chandra Kumar's case, five judges bench of the Supreme Court. That is point number one. Point number two: If I go by the interpretation given by the Muslims that I cannot go to the court, all right, all right. the hindus will not go to the court then what will happen then if we'll go to the parliamentarians and we'll ask them to bring a law and one one night if the government of this uh, if the government of india declares kashi vishwanath as the entire property belonging to the hindus then will it be fine with them because that will also be a law just like the places of worship act in ram mandir's time also if you know that uh, the land was acquired 2.77 acres of land was acquired by kalyan singh and it was ultimately acquired and that acquisition uh, was recognized by the supreme court in uh, ismail farooqi's case so if the government of because you have closed that doors to the court mr ovsi and all these uh, lobby if their interpretation is accepted then you can't file any case so all right then we'll approach the people uh, then then we'll approach the government in power and we'll ask them to decide it one sidedly without hearing anyone because the act of parliament or the act of legislature has no concept of hearing anyone they will just decide our representatives will just decide that this entire property kashi mathura and whatever temples are there which have been destroyed in the past belongs to the hindus and they will give it to the hindus then at that point of time will they agree so the point is this that all these are kiddish arguments if there is a dispute if one side is saying that this is a mosque if i am saying this is a temple it needs to be decided by the courts of law you can't just say that no you cannot decide you cannot enter into this dispute you keep discussing about diesel petrol this debate which they which, which you will be seeing on tv channels the concept that you keep debating about diesel petrol and development it is the same theory which they say in the court that no no please don't uh, go ahead with this lawsuit there are many more bigger issues for this country to address so that that is number one second of all in recently before the supreme court when this discussion was going on honorable mr justice chandrachur said and this is precisely our argument the religious character of the property has to be determined if you enter into a temple property you start offering namaz there just by your offering namaz the nature of the character of the temple property will convert and it will become into a mosque if you enter into my temple property if you put your dome above my shikhar 
if you use my pillars and sit on the top of your temple and offer namaz the religious character of that property will convert into a mosque so therefore the religious character what is the religious character on 15th august 1947 has to be determined and that determination will be done through evidence in the law courts and therefore we are we have taken this legal path it's not a moment that i am that me or my father or my petitioners or my clients are there on the roads and we are agitating they are protesting no we are uh, we are using our constitutional remedies we are going before the court we are saying that look boss we uh, whatever we believe we are saying you please test it on the uh, touchstone of evidence and let us see whether uh, what we have uh, alleged is correct or not and therefore the religious character of the property has to be determined yes so thank you that was that was so well put that was so well put vishnu shankar ji i have the next question and i know that you have to leave in the next 15 minutes because you have another interview scheduled so we won't be taking too much of your time but this is just so fascinating that we can keep talking to you and listening to you for the next 3 hours so i i go to the next question you know as an architect i i i went to school i went to college as an architect uh, and i'm a practicing architect you know i studied the history of some of the architectural monuments around india and i was pained to see the blatant subjugation that big parts of india faced from the 10th century onwards every monument fort and temple that i studied every one of it was that was presented as a syncretic indo islamic architecture or mixed yeah, architecture yeah. you know the ganga jamuna tehzeeb architecture was actually, was actually a monument of desecration to an earlier hindu edifice not just temples entire towns entire forts especially forts in in the northern parts of india so there are thousands of them spread across the subcontinent do you see a movement to recover some of the most important ones out of them within what is india today because you know this this can actually extend further out because what is present day bangladesh what is present day pakistan what is present day uh, afghanistan has even more of the same so so what do you see uh, coming in the future as you know as you see a, a revival of hindu identity as a revival of hindu civilization the dharmic civilization the sanatan civilization do you see us Uh, as a community uh, moving forward to reclaim uh, our colonized past and banish the uh, the ghosts of aurangzebs so actually just to add to that um, the other legal remedies that people are thinking about to reclaim say qutub minar and some of the other other temples right see my cases are pending as of now the path till which i have moved on is tile wali masjid in lucknow we have challenged it that is pending consideration we have challenged qutub uh, minar quwwatul islam masjid in dar qutub minar we have challenged bhoshala in dhar we have challenged taj mahal uh, we have challenged uh, our kashi uh, gyanvyapi masjid we have challenged mathura shahid ga masjid so these are the six masjids which we have challenged as of now and there are many more to come no doubt about it as long as me and my father are alive this is our mission of the life that we have to get our sanatan sanskriti restored we have to reclaim our temples which were lost in the past and which were converted and why i am telling you is this it is not a something uh, this it does not just have a emotional background to it it has a legal background to it and if you will analyze the judgment passed by the supreme court in para 116 and 117 
ऑफ द जजमेंट ऑफ राम मंदिर केस द सुप्रीम कोर्ट हैटेगोरिकली वन वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट कंसेप्ट ऑफ हिंदू लॉ द कंसेप्ट इज दैट सी सम some of the people uh, of this country or of this world they they do puja of nirankari brahm they don't worship the idols some of us are idol worshipers most of us most of us sanatanis are idol worshipers so why we do worship why do why why we uh, do idol worship because it's easy to concentrate is easy to concentrate on the idol and it's easy to uh, get a spiritual development through idol worship so and the concept of idol is that if we believe that in this universe there is a power which is running this universe we bring it into a form of an idol and start worshiping it the essence that this universe is run by an energy by a power by a divine force that idol constitutes that spiritual concept that spiritual theme so if i today take a vow and this is how the judgment of the supreme court comes in para 116 117 if i take a vow i take a sankalp or if you all take a sankalp to construct a temple and it so happens that you construct a temple you install idol there do pran pratishtha and after uh, installing idol doing pran pratishtha it so happens that earthquake or invader or anything happens and that temple or that idol is demolished the supreme court says that my sankalp to establish a temple will remain forever jo sankalp hai mera mandir banane ka wo amar hai wo amit hai till the end of the time that sankalp will be there meaning thereby that sankalp has a legal obligation that sankalp has a legal entity meaning thereby you just you can demolish my idol but you cannot take away my right of restoration because that sankalp gives me the right of restoration because of that sankalp to establish a temple the right of restoration has to be given you cannot take it away and the right of the deity itself under article 363 as well as in shabrimala judgment is well known to everyone so the point is this that all these architectures which we all know that are mughal and hindu architectures and ganga 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 jamuni tehzeeb this is all a violation of our sankalp if my forefathers if my ancestors were prior in time and this is the test this is the test who is prior in time i am not saying i am not talking anything unfair if there is any mosque which has been demolished and converted into a temple and they were prior in time definitely they have a right to file a case in the court on behalf of the hindus i can say that we will not take a plea of the place of worship at we will test it on the touchstone of evidence but if a temple has been demolished and converted into a mosque my sankalp to make a idol there my sankalp to make a temple there will remain and that will give me the right of restoration and the list will keep continuing the list will keep continuing till the time all the temples are restored we can do as much we will do we, a person can do in his life lifetime but definitely a message will go to the entire world that this community can rise even after 1000 years and regain its glorious past because our message is this very simple message is that whatever you have done by sword has to be rectified by pen and a message has to go 
that the power of pen is mightier than the sword so this is the this is the this is the theme of this legal battle and uh, this is the concept yes i could not have put it any better in fact i have never heard anybody else put it even better so this is wonderful vishnu shankar ji and uh, what you just described uh, fills my heart with so much joy because as a student one of the reasons why i am doing what i am doing today i'm i'm into hindutva is because as a student of architecture it pained my heart year after year to travel to different historical places and forts and just see it it was in front of my eyes and any amount of ganga jamuna could not erase it uh, and i re- i remember standing at at uh, you know places like that and re- telling myself that if i ever had an opportunity to give 1% of this back i will do it and today i i find it it's my honor to be speaking to you vishnu shankar ji uh, on behalf of hindu pact and vishwa hindu parishad of america we thank you for giving us this time and we thank you even more for what you are doing and we will support you in whatever way we can and ajay bhai i give it to you you have the last word i just word. wanted to know i i just have i just have one more thing to say please uh, sorry ajay bhai that uh, two things are very important actually for this fight and i am telling you with lot of uh, sense of responsibility and lot of uh, like from the bottom of my heart why any hindu legal struggle has not succeeded is for two reasons and i'm i'm being very blatant about it that first of all the people who are doing this struggle have to understand that this is a revolution and the path of revolution is different from the path of luxury the moment any i'm not naming anyone i'm just matlab uh, this is the concept which i believed as a jain what is the basic concept of jain to have to be a jinendri to have control over all his indries this is the practice which uh, jains do and this is the practice all the hindus do we all do so once we are into this field of a revolution the first thing should be, and this is what i get i was taught by my father the first thing we should do is ki apni sari ikshao ko tilanjali de dijiye आपके अंदर जितनी इच्छाएं और अभिलाषाएं हैं उसको एक कपड़े में बांध के फेंक दीजिए गंगा जी में थ्रो इट इन द गैंजेस हैव नो इच्छाज देन ओनली यू कैन डू दिस इफ समन विल हैव अ इच्छा कि भाई हम तो ये कर रहे हैं हमें राज्यसभा मिल जाए हम तो ये कर रहे हैं हमें फंडिंग मिल जाए मैं ये इसलिए कह रहा हूँ क्योंकि आप एन वर्ल्ड से है इसलिए बात कह रहा हूँ कि हम तो ये कर रहे हैं हमें फंडिंग मिल जाए थोड़ा इससे ये हो जाए थोड़ा उससे वो हो जाए रेवोल्यूशन कभी भी फंडिंग से नहीं चलता है आज विष्णु शंकर जैन कर रहा है आगे चल के और लोग करेंगे पर आप एज एनआरआईज मैं इसलिए आपसे बात कह रहा हूं कि ये जो हमारा मैसेज है ये जो मेरा मैसेज है ये आप स्प्रेड करिए और लोगों तक और सिर्फ एनआरआई वर्ल्ड से जब भी लोग बात करते हैं एक ही चीज लोगों के दिमाग में होती है यार फंडिंग मिल जाएगी अरे डू हेल्प इज फंडिंग कोई रेवोल्यूशन को फंडिंग की जरूरत नहीं होती है आज हमने ये लॉ केसेस किए हमारे अंदर आग थी तो हमने किए जितने हम हमारे अंदर सामर्थ्य था हमने किया नहीं हो पाएगा नहीं करेंगे फंडिंग से क्या होता है कभी भी इंडिपेंडेंट काम नहीं हो पाता इफ यू विल फंड जस्ट फॉर एग्जाम्पल आई एम जस्ट आई नो आई नो दैट यू आर नॉट सेलिंग दैट दिस इज द कंसेप्ट फंडिंग से क्या होगा आपने दिया कुछ फिर हम सोचेंगे अच्छा इन्होंने दिया थोड़ा और मिल जाए थोड़ा और मिल जाए फिर आप पूछोगे क्या हुआ उस केस में इतना अच्छा नहीं चल रहा है 
हिज परफॉर्मेंस इज नॉट अप टू द मार्क नॉट गुड सो उससे क्या होता है एक आदमी का जो इंडिपेंडेंट कैरेक्टर होता है वो खत्म हो जाता है और इससे क्या होता है आदमी रेवोल्यूशन के पार्ट से भटक जाता है रेवोल्यूशन का पाथ हमेशा एक स्ट्रगल का पाथ होता है एक स्ट्रगल का पाथ होता है चंद्रशेखर आजाद ने भगत सिंह ने जो स्ट्रगल और रेवोल्यूशन किया तभी तो आज ये चीजें हम देख पा रहे हैं अगर उस समय वो फंडिंग लेने लग जाते और कंफर्ट से रहने लग जाते तो कभी भी रेवोल्यूशन नहीं हो पाता इसलिए दो चीजें बहुत इंपॉर्टेंट है सबसे पहले अपने अंदर की इच्छाओं को तिलांजलि दे देना खत्म कर देना फिनिश कर देना और दूसरा जो आपका एम है उस पर कॉन्सेंट्रेट करना इसलिए मैं आपसे यही कहूंगा कि आपने जब सपोर्ट की बात कही तो मेरे आपसे एक ही रिक्वेस्ट है हमें कोई सपोर्ट नहीं चाहिए जितना हम कर पाएंगे करेंगे पर ये मैसेज लोगों तक जाए इतने सारे विष्णु शंकर जैन और हरिशंकर जैन और ऐसे हजारों लोग पैदा हों जो इतने केसेस फाइल करें कि हमारी सनातन संस्कृति का एक एक मंदिर हम रेस्टोर कर सके ये मिशन होना चाहिए क्योंकि ये मिशन कोई फंडिंग से खत्म कभी कंप्लीट नहीं हो सकता जहां जहां मंदिर तोड़ा गया है मैं एक बात बहुत स्ट्रेट कह रहा हूं जहां जहां मंदिर तोड़ा गया है आज के संवैधानिक इंडिया में उसको रेस्टोर होना है जितना मैं कर पा रहा हूं मैं कर रहा हूं जितने और आपके माध्यम से जितना स्प्रेड होगा बाकी लोग करें पर ये करें जरूर हर एक वकील ये निर्धारण कर ये ये निश्चय करें कि ठीक है मैं कमर्शियल प्रैक्टिस कर रहा हूं कोई दिक्कत नहीं कोई जरूरी नहीं हर आदमी मेरा ही पाथ चूज करे एक केस कम से कम मैं अपने कॉज को डिवोट करूंगा अपनी सनातन संस्कृति को रेस्टोर करूंगा और मंदिर रेस्टोर होना बहुत इंपॉर्टेंट है क्योंकि मंदिर ही हम लोगों के बीच का कनेक्ट है मंदिर ही हम लोग के बीच का अस्तित्व है मंदिर ही हम लोग की हम लोग का हम लोग का प्राइड है आप इसलिए मंदिर को रेस्टोर करने की बात कभी भी डीजल पेट्रोल से मिक्स मत करिए विश्वशंकर जी वन क्वेश्चन आई हैव दैट वेरी वेल पुट सो थैंक यू नो एज अ जैन आई कैन आल्सो आई एम आल्सो जैन सो आई कैन रिलेट टू व्हाट यू आर सेइंग अबाउट द थ्याग एंड ऑल सो माय माय फाइनल क्वेश्चन बिकॉज़ आई नो यू आर शॉर्ट ऑन टाइम इज डू यू वरी अबाउट योर पर्सनल सेफ्टी हैव देयर बीन थ्रेट्स ऑन यू ऑन योर लाइफ एंड इज दैट समथिंग दैट यू नो दैट इज ऑफ कंसर्न टू यू See, I have no worries. Tell me one thing: whether a fidain, a fidain who is going on a mission, a fidain who is on a mission, whether they worry about their safety or whether they are worried about their mission. So we are Hindu legal fidains. Why I am using this word fidain is because I have I have thrown all my desires and ikshas in Ganges. I don't want to become any high court judge. I don't want to become any Supreme Court judge. I don't want to become any uh, advocate general, attorney general. I don't want to earn huge uh, money or something. I just want to do this service which I am doing, and I am on this path of legal revolution. And therefore, I am. I don't worry about my safety or security. Dead threats keep coming. Whenever they will come, they want to kill. They will kill. I have no problem. That is secondary issue for me. But as long as I am alive or my father is alive. we will keep this revolution going on because this is the only way we can restore our civilization and restore our heritage and therefore have you ever seen any uh, any freedom fighter or anyone having security guards around you see this is this is the point which i told you just now ki jo hindutva ka kaam karta hai sabse pehle kya hota hai security mil jaye paisa ho jaye ये बीजेपी में टिकट मिल जाए राज्यसभा मिल जाए ये मिल जाए वो मिल जाए 
काम नहीं हो पाता है एक काम किया प्रोफाइल बनी काम सबसाइड हो गया और आदमी उस लाइन में लग गया ये चीज नहीं करनी काम करते रहना अगर ईश्वर ने हम आ, मैं बहुत अच्छा सा एक आ, आपको बात बोलता हूं फिर अमेंड करेंगे आ, काल उसका क्या बिगाड़े भक्त जो महाकाल का और एक मुझे बहुत अच्छी कविता याद आती है मैं उसको आपको आपसे शेयर करता हूं और जो मैं बिलीव करता हूं दिल से आ, निकले हैं वीर जियाले यू अपना सीना ताने हस हस के जान लुटाने आजाद सवेरा लाने मरके कैसे जीते हैं इस दुनिया को बतलाने तेरे लाल चले हैं माए अब तेरी लाज बचाने महकेंगे तेरी फिजा में हम बन के हवा का झोंका किस्मत वालों को मिलता ऐसे मरने का मौका दिन आज का बड़ा सुहाना मौसम भी बड़ा सुनहरा हम सिर पे बांध के आए बलिदानों का ये सहरा बेताब हमारे दिल में एक मस्ती सी छाई है देश अलविदा तुझको कहने की घड़ी आई So, ये जो कंसेप्ट है ये जो थीम है हम इसको लेके चल रहे हैं हमारा कोई इंटेंशन नहीं है कि हमें सिक्योरिटी मिले और हमें पैसा मिले और ये सब कुछ नहीं हमें सिर्फ और सिर्फ अपने एक ही हमारा ध्येय उस ध्येय की तरफ हम बढ़ते रहेंगे और ईश्वर आप लोग से इतनी रिक्वेस्ट है कि आप इस मैसेज को स्प्रेड करें इस आग को स्प्रेड करें और लोग समाज के उठे और जो इन लोगों ने हमारी कौम हमारी सभ्यता के साथ किया है हमारे मंदिरों को तोड़ा है हमारी औरतों बच्चों को ले गए हैं रेप किए हैं उस चीज को हम आज बारह सौ साल बाद रेस्टोर करके एक सनातन संस्कृति के अंदर एक गौरव का चीज महसूस पैदा करें ये बहुत इम्पोर्टेंट वेरी वेरी वेल सेट वेरी वेल सेट विष्णु जी एंड there is a reason why somnath can never be destroyed they can try 10 times 17 times 20 times in 1965 war they tried to destroy it from the ocean they tried to bomb it using warships but it will never be destroyed and this is the spirit that we all want to share with everybody thank you once again vishnu shankar ji thank you ajay bhai and we hope that we can spread this message around thank you so much thank you. namaste bahut hi dhanyawad thank you very much namaste And this is Hindu Lounge Conversations over coffee. Thank, Thank you, you so that once again. Thank you. Namaste.